Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 30 now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. In advance, did want to apologize if your host, myself, Peter's mic, does sound a little bit fuzzy. I'm currently traveling for business. I'm uh, stationed up in a hotel room, your classic hotel room echo, and I don't have my nice professional quality mic on me. But neither rain no, nor shine nor sleet nor snow, whatever the post office says, stops us from delivering packages to you. Something like that's going to be the same for us, delivering a wonderful pod to you guys. We do have a little bit of a shorter episode today, guys. Uh, schedules kind of are mixed up a little bit, but we are here to unravel the trading and free agency frenzy that we witnessed on this past Tuesday, March 8th. Gentlemen, welcome in. Thank you, Peter. You know, I just I see your face and I smile because we just made a trade, but we'll get we, to that later. We did. I myself am doing great, um, you know, audio only podcast, but Peter is wearing a gray hoodie, has his hood up. I have my gray hoodie up. It, it feels good to be a part of something again. You know, that that, that might be my thing from here on out. <laughs> All right. And again, we did want to just keep it a little bit shorter and push the combine. Uh, to next week's episode because we want to make sure that all those numbers are run through for ourselves and give you the most accurate, up-to-date advice. We're going to keep a little bit more of the known commodities, i.e. free agency, and then the the mega trade that we saw today involving Russell Wilson on this particular episode. Before we get into the pod, in honor of the Batman releasing in theaters, I want the uh, the Monarchs and I want super producer Nixie to to in this one as well compare one of the players on your fantasy roster to a character in the in the batman universe the new batman any batman i'm saying just batman in general you know wow that's max max typically calls my grandfather alfred because he reminds him of alfred pennyworth yeah wow that's a great question peter why don't you kick us off you're like probably the biggest batman fan i know i really am um i feel like if i had to compare one of my players to the Batman, I feel like it's Devontae Adams because it, for me, Devontae is represented through Commissioner Gordon. You know why? Because Commissioner Gordon, like I said earlier, rain, sleet, snow, doesn't matter. He's always at the GCPD. Every single week, Devontae is going to show up and show out. The Batman, you know, he goes on his hiatuses. But for me, it, it's Devontae Adams is Commissioner Gordon. He's always there trying to stop and fight crime on a consistent basis. Mine's DK Metcalf. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, Two-Face. He's Two-Face because he's so inconsistent. False. He's actually kind of like the Joker to me. Oh, okay. Because, you know, people always, they hate on him, they hate on him. But when it matters the most, he shows up in the championship game and puts up three touchdowns and wins people championships. And how does that relate him to the Joker? Because the Joker, you know, he gets hated on, he gets hated on, but he always has the last laugh, I feel like. he. Do, I like the analogy then, always getting the last laugh. 
And DK, he, he brought me a championship, and I get the last laugh on Peter. So it's a good one. All right, Jace, let's hear it. And then Nixie, yeah. you're on deck. I uh, I don't have any shares of this player, unfortunately, but uh, he was just dealt in a deal, and I feel like this is the most obvious one yet. Jalen Waddle, the Penguin, yeah. man. Straight <laughs> ah, up. Yeah. It's, just, it's just right there, Waddle, Waddle. So, the, yeah, that one's yeah. mine for sure. And mine is going to be a guy that I actually traded uh, with Jace for uh, recently, friend of the show, Mike Williams. <laughs> you got to be uh, two-faced, like Peter was saying. I mean, <laughs> this guy, I, he was – never know what electric. you're going to get. He was electric at the beginning of the season, and then, you know, we don't really talk about his middle stretch to end, but definitely a two-faced player. <laughs> hey, look, flip a coin. Half the time he's going to have a great game, half the time – you wish you threw him. You wish you cut him. Yep, absolutely. I, I have another one, real quick. Who? It's a player that I don't have on my team yet, but by the end of the episode, I'm hoping that I can have him on my team, and that's Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm gonna compare him to the Riddler. Oh, so that's, many question that's, marks. That's that's really good. A lot of question marks, but I was basically mostly going for Ridley to Ridley. <laughs> oh, Ridley but, to the Ridley. <laughs> but I'm really excited to have him on my team right when Nixie accepts. I got another one. I actually got one more. If anybody knows the, the niche Batman he, uh, villain called Hush, basically Hush is uh, kind of a shapeshifter and he can take on impersonations of other people and he wears bandages on his face. Mm, um, and a big dope. thing is that he takes on the impersonation of Batman in some volumes. So everybody mm. thinks Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, is going and doing bad things, but really it's Hush. Mm. And that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> he impersonates being a good player a lot. That, that is, that's fact. That's fact. You're not lying. All right. We have a great episode. All the uh, Batman nonsense aside, we have a lot of stuff to dive into in a little bit of a shorter amount of time. So we're going to get into that right now. We have our uh, reports from around the realm segment coming your way, NFL free agency style. Let's get it. All right. First one coming in. King of sports betting, the NFL decides to slap Calvin Ridley and throw him to the curb for the entire 2022 NFL season for betting a total of $1,500. I will not take credit for this meme, but imagine betting 1500 and losing almost $12 million. Couldn't be me. <laughs> so Calvin Ridley is going to be out for the 2022 NFL season at the least. And uh, again, that is at the least Commissioner Roger Goodell specified in his address. How are we feeling about Mr. Calvin Ridley moving forward? Obviously, the Atlanta Falcons own his rights still. And I will say credit to the Falcons for uh, not trading Ridley. They did a good faith, uh, good faith agreement, not accepting calls or trades uh, on Ridley from other GMs. Uh, that, that's a great move by the organization, knowing what they had going on in house, not trying to screw anybody over. I know Max would try to do something like that and screw me over if he knew the information. But what are we feeling about Ridley moving into next year? And do we think that he is a complete sell right now? I think it's tough because. If you're going to sell him, you're going to get him at, you're going to sell him at like the lowest value possible. Um, Nixie and I have a really, really interesting trade on the table because Noah Fant, who we'll talk about later in the episode, Noah Fant for Ridley Strait, they're both at pretty, pretty darn close to low values right now uh, with a lot of question marks around the two. 
but I just, I don't like, to me, it just doesn't make sense because Ridley was betting that his team would win. It's not like he was betting that his team would lose. And like, I don't know, like I just, I'm not for it. He was not with the team at the time as well. I believe this was in November after he took his leave of absence. Just a little dash to throw in there. I don't know. The situation, you know, it's going to work itself out. It's suspended for the next year. For me, he's probably not a sell right now. I think the immediate news hitting just makes him feel like a anyone in your league can get him for a third-round pick at this point. That That is not what you should be selling for. Um, I would just wait until the news kind of gets stale and maybe people start buying back in. But for me, I really don't have that much interest in him. Um, he's going to be 28 next season. He's going to miss the whole season. So the next time he plays football, he'll be 29 on a new team, trying to find a new quarterback. He's never been a true one in his life, except for the game Julio Jones missed and the five games that he played this past season. So I don't know. I was always scared he was going to pull a juju on us. Like um, Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh and we were like, oh, baby, it's juju number one season. Then we found out very quickly he's nothing more than a two. I think Calvin's definitely better than that, but I don't know. I just, you know, he's never been a true number one with like a super long track record like Devontae Adams. Like if Devontae was in this situation, I, I think he would come out on the other end of it. But Calvin Ridley, I I just don't see it with him. So he's a, he's a hold if I own him, not a buy by any means. And uh, yeah, if I don't have him, I'm probably just leaving him to someone else. Okay, question. This is a, a short yes or no. Somebody offers you 112 in this current year's draft. Do you sell? Yes. 100%. Okay, 201. Yes, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yes. Okay, 206. Um, that would be that so that's be, a soft point. That that's close second. for me, but I at that point it's probably worth holding for the year until he's about to come back and then people are back on like Michael Thomas's price is starting to rise right now. And he hasn't played in forever. And this is, you know, Calvin Ridley, a guy that we've been really excited for, for a long time. So I think his price will end up, I think that one twelve range is probably where it's going to be at for probably the rest of his career. So if you can get it now, I would get it real quick here. I just like, to me, he's going to be, I think 29 when he returns to playing football again. And I get, he's not going to have much wear and tear on the tires, but 29 with only having like one and a half good years. It's tough for me to buy. So I'd probably sell for 206. Ooh. All right. Sounds good. So ourselves, we're mocking him at a soft price around 206, depending on how you feel. And then depending on how other owners feel in your league as well. Moving on, we see, you know, we're not going to hold it out any longer the the trade that shocked the world this is probably the biggest nfl trade in a very long time the long you know the biggest one that i can remember no. um but what one i think stafford to the rams last year was no, pretty this big. is bigger this has so many more implications we have wow. russell wilson moving to the denver broncos for two first round picks two second round picks uh a very young uh, tight end prospect and Noah Fant, who a lot of people have been high on, not Peter in particular. And then Drew Locke, the uh, the god. So it's it's basically Drew Locke for Mr. Uh, Unlimited and two first. Yeah, you know, I was sitting at work today and I saw that come across. I was like, oh my gosh, like I own Noah Fant. I own Javonta Williams. This is awesome. Well, 
then I let Nixie inform me that Noah Fant was in the deal. And I was like, Oh, well that stinks for Noah Fant and Javanta. I actually sold um, at a really good value. I sold him for, I sold Javanta for basically cam acres and ETN, which I think pretty good to That's get you a great deal. I saw that. I saw that. I was jealous. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Javanta's good, but if Melvin comes back, I, we all know Russ likes to air the ball out. They're not, they're going to do a split backfield already. So why not get a workhorse in ETN and take the shot on cam Akers? So overall it's, I mean, it's, it's fun for fantasy. I know, I know Jace will talk about Cortland Sutton, um, what to do with him and stuff like that. But I, I just, I love big moves and I love the NFL. Yeah. Um, a lot of implications here for sure. Uh, to me, Tyler Lockett is dead. Uh, if you have him on your team, you're bag holding. Uh, that's just the way it is. But what about his superpowers, Jace? What what superpowers, bro? He is almost bald. He's got no superpowers. Bro, no, his his V I R G I N superpowers. Oh, Lockett's a verge. Yeah, you didn't know about that. Yes, bro. no. Yeah, bro. Dude. He thinks he thinks that abstinence makes him a better NFL player, and they unlock his superpower. So interesting. Well, Chad Ochocinco used to play with the Viagra in his system. So whatever floats your boat, man. But dude, that's the mirror. They're they're literal <laughs> mirrors. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's dead, verge or not. Uh, DK, I think right now, if you're a rebuilder, uh, is a great buy low. I mean, it feels like his fantasy stock is dead. Um, but what? He's 23 years old. Uh, he's still a super prospect. Things might not be great for a couple of years until they figure out a quarterback, but definitely go buy low on some DK Metcalf. Uh, the Denver Broncos, I mean, I, I really don't. It's going to be interesting to see this offseason who people are projecting to be the number one over there. It could be a 1A, 1B situation, absolutely kind of a, a split wide receiver core. But um, to me, I feel like a lot of Russell Wilson's, you know, most fantasy relevant throws are deep balls. And I think Cortland Sutton, uh, the outside X receiver might be a little more, might be better for that in that Denver offense with Jerry G coming out of the slot. Um, so I could see, honestly, I could really see like a beta version of DK Metcalf, maybe even better. I don't know. We haven't seen Cortland Sutton with a good quarterback. Um, and then Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy, I could see a comparison being made there too. I think um, the offense could definitely shape up that way. Albert O definitely, if you had him picked up in stash, that's intriguing. I think he can give you a, top 15 to top 10 tight end season if he catches enough touchdowns. But other than that, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. You know, I, I'm not out there two blowing a bunch backs, of capital. Two running backs, two wide receivers, decent backup wide receivers. Yeah. Um, and then Alberto. That's kind of the, the depth chart of, of touches in that offense. Yeah. I mean, I could see everyone suffering from that if Russ is just spreading the ball and they're running the ball a ton. Um, but no offense. I mean – I think he's a great buy low too going over to Seattle. I mean, uh, Tyler Lockett, Nick C brought up earlier today that he could possibly be traded. I think that could definitely happen with where he's at, what uh, in age and what they're trying to do. I think he's got a pretty good shot to be the number two um, over there in Seattle. And, you know, if DK ends up just being a pure deep ball guy, doesn't expand his route tree, shoot, he could end up being the number one with it uh, as athletic he is. So, might not be the best quarterback, but he could actually end up in a pretty good situation for some volume. All right. Look, we've talked too much about the trade. Again, at the end of the day, congratulations to the Denver Broncos. You finally got your guy. No more excuses. Okay. No more excuses. Time to win some football games in that murderous division. 
Yeah, that's that's their next excuse. Oh, we have to play uh, Patrick Mahomes twice and Justin Herbert twice. And the Raiders, who are never a t- never an easy out. Yeah, that's their next excuse. They'll come in last in the division. Oh god, that would be that would be chaotic. I can't even imagine the repercussions from that would be absurd. They might fire Nathaniel Hackett after one year. But again, we're not a speculation podcast. We are a dynasty fantasy football podcast. Let's keep chugging along the $200 million man. I've heard of the million dollar man. I've heard of the hundred million dollar man, but now hearing of the $200 million man hailing from green Bay, Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers decides to come back to the pack. How are we feeling about him and Devontae moving forward? Any caution? I, I feel like this is a pretty breezy, easy talk topic to talk about. They're both locked and loaded. Yeah, man. I mean, if I, you missed your window, if you're a competitor to go out there and buy cheap on Devontae, if anyone was selling him for a discount, what, what he can do with Rogers is absolutely incredible. Like we saw it two years ago, last year, we still saw it for a lot of the year. Um, but I'm very excited for the Packers to come. That doesn't sound right. I'm a pause. I'm a pause that one. Uh, I'm going to, I'm really excited for the Packers this upcoming season. I just I need them to go out and get a wide receiver too, whether that's Amari, which I don't know if he'll leave or whatever he'll do, or a cheaper guy. They just need to go out and get someone that can make an impact on the side. Really quick talking point that we don't have uh, docketed right now, but underrated move about Amari's future. I feel like he still might end up in Dallas. I know that the tight end uh, Schultz got tagged today which is going to be a little bit of a hefty sum, but at least he's a tight end. So it's not a lot, a lot of money, but Dak just restructured his contract and guard Zach Martin restructured their contracts to free up $22 million worth of cap space. And Amari is owed 20 million. So I feel like they're going to try to finagle their way around to, uh, to get the cap working right. So Amari can stay. Yeah. I think it's what it is. If you're a competitor, you want both of these guys on your team, like Aaron Jones, he's back. Uh, for those who are fading him, sure, he's going to split some work, um, but he's still Aaron Jones. He's probably going to score a ton of touchdowns again. Um, we'll see who they add, though. You know, he maybe could be relegated to third if they finally land a piece for Rodgers to throw to other than MVS or Alan Lazard. Uh, we still got plenty of notable free agents out there, um, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, if you're a competitor, you want these guys. If you're rebuilding, they're all getting pretty old, so it's pretty clean, cut, and clear. Uh, on this one they're they're aging superstar vets it's as simple as that all right moving into our next free agent frenzy topic mr mike williams a fan favorite on the show uh not by peter but by some others to be remain nameless uh has re-signed with the chargers three years 60 million 40 million guaranteed that is way too much money and it is a very desperate move by the Chargers, but you know what? When you have an in-house six foot four and a half guy that probably runs like a four six forty, you gotta keep him. That much money though? Like he had a, a couple. That's of good a balls. lot of bread, man. That's a Amari couple, Cooper money. A couple good deep balls. Like he's good, but he's just like he's inconsistent and he's fragile. Two-face. He's two faced. Sure, if you want to go back to the Batman analogy. He's he's literally he's fragile, he's inconsistent, and he's not worth that much money. That's that's a crazy price to pay when you got an aging Keenan Allen, you got an aging Austin Eckler, 
And then what are you going to have? You're going to have a Justin Herbert and Mike Williams for years to come. Wow, that's really going to win you games in that division. Terrible move. What a joke. I mean, personally, this is what I was hoping would happen for Mike Williams. I think this is the best spot for him. I think, I don't know, I think as a professional move, it's 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 questionable, but, like, he's still, like, in the prime of his career age-wise. Keenan Allen is 50 days away from becoming 30, um, so we're, like, right on that edge. He will be 30 years old starting next season. Um, so Mike Williams in fantasy, like, they paid him a fat bag. Um, and he has an a thousand yard season to his name, a 10 touchdown season, actually two thousand yard seasons counting this year. And he put up nine touchdowns. I think he'll end up being a boomer bust wide receiver to slash flex, depending on what kind of stretch he's on, what kind of streak he's on. Um, I don't know if Keenan keeps aging like that. Maybe that stuff we saw at the beginning of the year, just returns just based on, a need for a wide receiver target. If Keenan were to go down or slow down a step, which I'd, I think Keenan's one of those guys that's probably got two years left um, on his tires, but um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's Mike Will's in a really good spot in in fantasy right now. Um, Nixie and I just came to a deal not too long ago Uh, is a handful of seconds, two or three. I'm not sure. Um, But a back end first, like I'm still really not that opposed to it. Um, Maybe not in the 23 class, but in this class, sure. I'll burn a 111 or a 112 on a Mike Will for sure. All right, moving onward, somebody that I did want to talk about uh, in a little bit more depth is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation. It looks like they are either did, I cannot remember, either did or are going to franchise tag Chris Godwin. And if they did, they're still going to try to do a, like a rework on his contract. So they were not going to let him hit free agency hard. Um, So we have Chris Godwin's issues. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are currently allowing Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Gronk, and OJ Howard all to hit the open market. Just little quick spiels on how we're feeling about their value moving into free agency, knowing that there's a chance that they won't end up back in Tampa Bay. I mean, all those guys, like I think Gronk out of all those guys will have the most fantasy value wherever he goes, just because he is a very, he's, I mean, he's an elite tight end. I mean, playing with Brady obviously helps, but if you went to like Buffalo with Josh Allen or something like that, he'd be very, very dangerous. But for me, like Leonard Fournette would have to go to the perfect situation and just get a workhorse of like, he succeeded because Brady was giving him dump offs. They were getting down to the one yard line and he was punching it in. Like, I think Leonard Fournette's time has come and gone and Ronald Jones. I mean, we, we've seen him just do about a whole lot of nothing every year. So mad on him as well. And Godwin, I'm happy for Godwin because the ACL, uh, I just don't really know where the bucks are going as an organization though. Jimmy G bring him home. Yikes. Live in Tom's foot uh, shoes forever. For real. Live in his shadow forever. Yeah. Um, I agree with all that. Leonard Fournette, Rojo Gronk. I mean, Gronk could be a, tight end or bus touchdown over there in Buffalo. I, I think if he goes over there, he's definitely in a worse situation. He just lost his best friend quarterback. I get it's Josh Allen. It's a good offense, but Dawson Knox is still a stud. I think so. I don't know. I'm not excited about any of those free agents. Keyshawn Vaughn is the only running back left in the room uh, in Tampa Bay. If there's any hype around him, go sell it right now. He's a career backup. He's a career depth piece. If anyone thinks he's going to be a starter going to this year, sell him. Even if he is the starter going into this year, sell him. He's just a guy. Um, 
yeah, Chris Godwin, happy for him. Happy he got the bag after the ACL. And uh, yeah, Tampa Bay looking like a dumpster fire for sure. They're looking like a rebuild at this point. They, they despite what it looks like, they're not going to rebuild. Uh, Bruce Arians and then I, the GMs. I'm going to start getting all their names down perfectly for this upcoming season. That's my promise to uh, to the Monarch family out there. I'm going to start getting knowing every single GM by name. But the the Buccaneers GM, I heard their interview. They're still all in for this year. They're, if they get the right quarterback to come down, uh, that's something that Bruce Arians was talking about, whether Tom Brady wants to come back sometime in the summer or if they can find the right quarterback to trade for, they are going to keep shoving their chips in. And you have to think about it like this. While those pieces are big on the open market and you know they grab headlines, they're all basically irrelevant and can be filled with anybody else except for Gronk. Godwin is going to resign a long-term deal. So he's not even going to hit the open market for the next like probably five years. So he will be a, a buck for just about his whole career, except the last two years where he borderline irrelevant. Um, so they're going to, they're going to push their chips in next year as well, especially in that terrible, terrible, terrible division now. Yep. So I was just going to say moving forward, we did speak about Mr. Dalton Schultz, but briefly, let's talk about how his impact to the Cowboys offense can, I think this is the more important topic, how his importance to the Cowboys offense can hurt CeeDee Lamb and then the adjacent wide receiver pieces next year, seeing the amount of touchdowns he caught. He was a touchdown gobbler. He was a touchdown gobbler, but I, I, there's a lot of, I mean, like Kelsey and Hill can coexist. Um, that might be the only, I guess that might be the only pair I can really think of off the top of my head um, but Dalton Schultz I really feel like it was just a fluke year for me personally um, I'm like Robert if I had, year? yeah 100% Robert Tunyon year great job I like that one a lot and uh, I don't need to say anything else actually um, yeah I, I'm kind of I don't know I part of me thinks it's a fluke year but part of me thinks he's kind of just an important piece of the offense um, you know I feel like his role is going to stay pretty similar. It could change a little bit less or it could go a little bit higher, but overall, if Amari returns uh, and now we got Dalton Schultz back and I don't know, I heard they were looking, you know, to re-sign Michael Gallup and they, they just, if they're going to flood that room full of wide receivers again, it's just, I think it takes that top five upside out of CD. And I think that's probably the biggest topic out of it all. Yeah, I've always been a, a big proponent of CeeDee Lamb. Sadly, um, I made a trade to trade him away this week uh, to a fellow Monarch in our Mike Vrabel, coach of the year, Mike Vrabel Dynasty League. Um, I will say, looking at it now at nighttime on March the 8th, 2022, I feel good about the deal, but I could really feel like almost god-awful about the deal. Um, by the time the season starts. And if CD's the number one that we've been hoping and praying he can be the last three years. He's so young, man. He's, he's very young. I think at the end of all this, he will end up being a top five guy just in two or three years. But I think what we can really hope for out of him is like kind of like a Calvin Ridley season when Julio was in his prime, just a lot of big touchdowns, a lot of big plays, maybe not a whole lot of targets except for here and there sporadically if someone's missing time. But I think you're looking at a low-end wide receiver one with week-to-week 
just giant upside, but I think on the season, his upside's just capped because of the mouse defeat. All right. Moving into the Brownies, Cleveland Browns have placed a franchise tag on probably the worst franchise tag player in recent memory. I feel like, uh, like this guy is not deserving of a top three average of top three number at his position, but I'll let the, uh, the resident Browns fans take it away. They can, they can talk more about this player moving forward. I, I don't know what the Browns are doing. I, I heard they're going to franchise tag him, pay him double digits. Who? Who? I didn't say the player's name. Oh, I'm so sorry. David and Joku got franchise tagged. He's a fan I favorite. I think he is the worst. I think he's the honestly like the worst talent level player to ever get franchise tagged. Yeah, I, they have Hooper that they signed for four years, forty-four million. Um, I heard they were going to cut him. Now I'm hearing they're going to keep him and pay and Joku that much money with having an average quarterback, below average in Baker Mayfield. It's just it's a tough time to be part of the AFC. Um, I think Peter can attest Ooh. to that. Um, there's just a lot of star power at the quarterback and a lot of these teams. The AFC is not fun to be in right now. But and Joku terrible. Yeah, I I don't have much to add. They got, you know, you brought up Austin Hooper, who they paid too much money to go on there and do absolutely nothing. Um, and then they also have Harrison Bryant, who's actually a pretty studly tight end. All he does is catch touchdowns when he's in. So I I don't know what they're doing unless they want to make him like a pure wide receiver, or try to like use his athleticism outside. Other than that they're just really committing to that run game, trying to lock down all the tight ends. That's what's going on there. So um, if that, if, if the run game is the focus yet again, we're hurting with fantasy options uh, in the wide receiver game and with Baker at the quarterback position. All right. Last topic for the episode today again, and we do apologize. It is a little bit shorter. I'm on business. Jace just started a job. Um, and then everybody else has some other matters going on in their life. We are going to release a full, full episodes moving forward. Uh, you can always expect them every Wednesday, uh, but just a little bit shorter one this week. And for our final topic, we are going to leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. None of us are lawyers. None of us have passed the bar, but there is a big lawsuit coming out this Friday. How are we feeling in Superflex Leagues? I'll say Superflex Leagues preface about Deshaun Watson having zero legal background on understanding the case and seeing so many NFL teams that need quarterbacks. I think that if something was going to happen, it would have happened already. I think if this was, I don't know, I, I think 20 cases or whatever, 22 cases, it's a lot. It's very serious. Um, but the NFL's had over a year to decide nothing's come of it yet. I think by the time we talk next week, he's on a team. You think he gets dealt? Correct. I, I really have no input. I said it before the show. I, I don't have him anywhere on any rosters or anything like that. I really don't plan on adding him on any rosters. I just, it's not a personal thing or anything like that. You know, what he's being accused of is not great. We're not getting to ethics and moralities here on this podcast, but for me, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and then go make a move in any one quarterback leagues. We talk about it all the time. We've gotten in arguments over it. Quarterback is super replaceable, even though he's one of those guys that, you know, could replace the points you give up in a big trade or something like that. I, I don't know. It's a it's a replaceable position. So he hasn't played ball in a while. I'm not going to speculate. One thing I, I did want to bring up, one last guy that got um, tagged was uh, Mike Kosicki. And uh, I feel like he's going super under the radar. Um, I think with Mike McDaniel <laughs> – I, I think a lot can be done with Gusecki. He is really not a true tight end. This is from uh, Field Yates in, in 2021. Mike, 
Yeah, he's a pure route runner. He's a speedster. Um, here are Mike Kosicki snaps by alignment in 2021, and this is from at Field Yates on Twitter. Everybody knows Field. A uh, good guy, but he lined up in the backfield 24 times. He lined up in the slot 402 times, out wide 218, and at tight end 140. So he played in the slot and out wide slot. even more than he lined up as a tight end. So I think Mike McDaniel, uh, he was smart to grab him. He's been talking about him a lot this offseason. I think people are kind of sick of of getting hyped about Gesicki. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like people are kind of – just tired of the name. He's one of those old boring guys that I was kind of talking about a few episodes ago. Now he's got a little bit of hype, but he's a tight end. Who's just shown flashes. I really want Mike Kosicki right now. Um, if people are dealing him for any kind of second round pick, sign me up. Oh, if instant, if I have Albert O and I need to throw a second round pick on top and someone's willing to do that, I'm hundred percent willing to do that. So yeah, TJ Hawkinson, if people are getting hyped up on him, I would send him straight up over there for Mike Kosicki. So I, I think he's got a pretty good chance to vault himself into a top five, top seven tight end that could really win you some weeks moving forward. We're talking about the Jersey tight ends. Mike Kosicki, David Njoku, shout out to Garden State. I'm in the Garden State on business right now. Um, no, I think Kosicki's really great. Uh I've, I've always talked about this, that he grew up kind of near me. So he was always like the regional celebrity when I was in like high school, when he was in college. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of his tape growing up. And then like when he got in the league, I, you know, we always kind of fixated on him and seeing him in the AFC East twice a year. He's a very powerful route runner and he's tall, man. He's huge. Um, he, he's a big dude too. So when he's lining up in the slot and gets, mismatched on slot corners it's it's just it's over it's over yeah I think you know the direct comparison you could make I don't think you should because I think George Kittle's the best tight end in the league Mike McDaniel growing up around George Kittle his entire career I mean super versatile guy Mike Kosicki as we just talked about where he lines up you know George Kittle very versatile line can line up as a fullback in the backfield all that good stuff I think he's really going to try to turn him into a Kittle and because I don't think he's the all-around better tight end like Kittle is with blocking and everything like that, I think Gesicki could end up being a better fantasy option than George Kittle and just if things go right. So be on the lookout for him. Go price check him um, because I think people are probably getting tired of him. All right. That's going to wrap us up for the episode. Again, did want to shout out all the hardworking people of this country uh, during a little bit of a more difficult time. We try not to uh, talk about political affairs uh, much, but everything going on in the Ukraine and in Eastern Europe, we did just want to shout out the American people doing their best to try to support, uh, support the world in a, a big world cause. So um, if any, nobody has anything else, uh, we'll be good to wrap it up. One more thing. Shout out super producer, Nick C. Super. Just trying to sweeten him up so we'll make a deal with me after this episode. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up. The fantasy godfather never sleeps. He knows when you're awake. He knows <laughs> it, how you feel about your players, so don't answer his text for goodness sake. <laughs> it's true. All right, that's going to wrap us up. Again, shout out, uh, shout out the podcast on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Follow us on Apple Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 
give us a follow, subscribe, like, rate, do whatever you got to do. Pass it on to your grandma at dinner. Tell your grandma about the podcast. All right. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.